This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Quick disclaimer about tonight's episode. Tommy and I, due to scheduling conflicts, had to record this episode before the Brandon Ingram career high explosion versus the 76ers. And fittingly enough, there's a section in this episode where we talk about what all of the Anthony Davis rumors, what that'll do to the Lakers' young core and how that will affect the way that they move forward with their season and whether or not we'll see that weighing on them mentally and have that trickle down to how they actually play on the basketball court. And needless to say, for Brandon Ingram... He took the effort, I'm going to show everybody what I got. I don't care where I'm going to be playing. I'm a basketball player. I'm a baller. He took that approach, and what an approach it was tonight. Obviously, the Lakers started off as abysmally as you could. They were playing some embarrassing basketball and pretty much just handing the ball over to the 76ers, possession after possession, and it wasn't until Brandon Ingram really woke up and uh, took hold of the game. I mean... A career-high 36 points for Brandon Ingram. He had five rebounds, five assists, 16 of 20 from the field. Definitely his most efficient scoring night ever. And I don't think I've ever seen Brandon Ingram, quote-unquote, get hot from the perimeter, or in his case, the mid-range, quite like he did tonight. He was, this is one of the first times where I can legitimately say Brandon Ingram was feeling it. And what a sight it was to see that. Gangster Brandon Ingram came out to play tonight, and um, I just love the effort. I'm going down swinging. I don't care what anybody says or thinks of me. I love that version of Brandon Ingram. And if we can get that version from all of our young guys uh, to close this season, even if the Anthony Davis trade doesn't happen till June, July, or whatever, we can still close this year out with a very positive experience for everybody. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to leave that blurb right there about Brandon Ingram, and I didn't want to leave it. And I, I know I wanted to make sure to touch upon it before we get into uh, tonight's episode, because tonight's episode obviously will be covering all the Anthony Davis talk, how it affects the Lakers at the trade deadline, what we think about giving up the young core now, how it's going to affect the team in the short term, 
how it's going to affect the team in the summer and their free agency plans. We get into all that in our episode, um, but obviously first, the this was a, this was a game the Lakers were always going to lose to the Sixers being as shorthanded as they were, but Brandon Ingram really stepped up to the plate, assumed that leader role, and more than anything, I mean, all those stare downs he was giving Embiid and Ben Simmons and all those guys, I mean, that was some gangster shit, man, and that's the kind of stuff you want to see from, you know, one of your future young leaders and we won't we don't know if Brandon Ingram is going to still be on the team in eight days five months from now but if we're seeing the last of Brandon Ingram he is going down with a fight and uh, that's all you could ask for from him and the young guys and uh, yeah all right with that said I'm going to turn it over now to our actual episode where Tommy and I just uh, go nutso over the brow talk and the all that shenanigans. All right, enjoy. It was just for where I am right now, uh, my career, and what I'm trying to do. Um, I thought the change was necessary. Um, that's all it was, you know. Um, just trying to be the, you know, the, the most dominant player in the league, and you know, I think making that change um, and going with clutch definitely will help me do so. Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where brow chicka brow wow looks oh. like the 2019 NBA trade deadline has just begun to heat up, or has it? Uh, weird times in Lakers land right now. Uh, it's been a whirlwind one and a half days. Welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, the most incoherent episode yet. I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I am joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, who is currently on the road right now, headed to the South Bay. Tommy, how is it going? And uh, yeah, how is it going? Wh- how is it going? <laughs> uh, it's going great. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, here I am well- in my car. <laughs> what should we talk about today? Should we talk about... The Lakers playing basketball on the basketball court, or is there other stuff to talk about? Uh, the Lakers playing basketball on the basketball court is, the, frankly, the last thing I would like to talk about, regardless <laughs> of whether there was anything else to discuss. <laughs> um, but I think, I think, as of you know, the last couple of days, there is perhaps a more pressing matter. Would you say your eyebrow has been raised in the last day or so? I would say that, yes. Thank you. Great. So, okay, here we are. Um, the season up until this point, and and now even more so, with all the injuries compiling and uh, LeBron James missing all this time, the season has has kind of spiraled to a certain extent. But now with this Anthony Davis rumors and him, it's not a rumor anymore. He has requested a trade, if anybody hasn't heard yet. 
And what? <laughs> I know, it's crazy. You guys are first learning it on this podcast. That's amazing. Um, Anthony Davis has requested a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans and the Los Angeles Lakers is his primary destination or one of his desired destinations, if not the most desired destination. Anthony Davis is rep by Rich Paul and Clutch. Tommy, I feel like we've been here before. But feels eerily familiar. Feels eerily familiar. With that said, before I get on with the show, as usual, blah, blah, blah. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many draft picks we'll be able to keep after the New Orleans Pelicans fleece us for everything that they can in this Anthony Davis trade. Uh, also, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast if you want to donate a dollar, two dollars, anything helps. So with that out of the way... Like I said, trade deadline is now it's freaking eight days away, and we have this bombshell of a news. I can't even speak English right now. <laughs> <laughs> bombshell of a news. Bombshell of a news. Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelicans, LeBron James, Clutch Agency. We're at a crossroads. I feel like now the season has officially become a sideshow. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't even know what to make of the rest of this season. I have never felt such a bipolar season by the Lakers before, where at times it was the littiest of lits, and at other times it felt like worse than we were. It, it felt like we were back to Byron Scott days, and that shouldn't be the case when you have LeBron James on your team. And in a certain way, it's been a different feeling of the lowest of the lows in in the sense that having LeBron James here and knowing that he could at any moment Thanos his way into obliterating <laughs> the entire team gives it a new sense. I mean, it's just a weird, a new sense of weirdness, I guess. And now it may be coming a reality. So I guess help us sort through our feelings, Tommy. <laughs> So on the, okay, so I agree with you that this has been a super weird season. Um, The Lakers are also a weird team in the sense that if we can get into the playoffs and like, you know, reports are saying LeBron could come back as early as Thursday. If he does not come back Thursday, I would not be surprised at all if he was like guaranteed to be back, whatever our next game after Thursday is. I think it's uh, like, is it Saturday or Sunday? Something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, Things could change very quickly here. As bad as we've been, we're currently the ninth seed. We're two games out of eight, but we're also not that far out of like sixth. You know what I mean? I don't know that a top, not that I don't know, a top seed for us is very unlikely at this point. Uh, by that, I mean a top four seed. I think we could, there's a definitely a realm where we could squeak into the playoffs as like a number, you know, six or seven seed. Basically, in any scenario where we're not playing the Golden State Warriors, you have to think our chances are pretty good in the first round just by virtue of having a hopefully healthy LeBron James. Um, So from a basketball standpoint, I don't want to say this has been a wasted season um, because I think that's a little extreme. Guys have made like tangible strides despite, you know, we look so bad now because of all the injuries. It's hard to remember that kind of stuff. But we've had guys make tangible strides this year. So I won't go as far as saying a wasted season. But it's definitely been not the season that we were all expecting. In terms of LeBron and, you know, Thanos, as you put it, Thanos his way into, you know, kind of obliterating the team. That dynamic is always there with LeBron, as it is, frankly, with anybody. See Kobe Bryant, you know, who is 
Chip famously said Chip his ass out regarding uh, Andrew Bynum, right? And Jason Kidd. Whenever you have a megastar, that's always a possibility. With LeBron teams, that's always been even more of a possibility, one could argue. I would actually say that in this case, it's less of a concern just because of the virtue of the fact that LeBron essentially, I don't know how much longer he plans to play beyond the age of like 36 or 37 or however old he's going to be when this contract is up. But he essentially signed like what I view to be the last major contract of his career with the Lakers and it's guaranteed for every year. Um, That makes, and he, 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 this guy is smart. You know what I mean? Everything he does is calculated, especially when it comes to business and basketball. And he knows that he he gave up a huge amount of leverage um, by signing that kind of long-term deal with the Lakers because he can't, you know, it, it's not a one-year deal where it's like, oh God, we better salvage this and get a second star as soon as possible because, you know, LeBron could easily walk and we'll be back at square one. Um, we're not exactly in that situation. That being said, you can't help but, and I don't know if this is just fan-based or, you know, perhaps media driven, but you can't help but feel that perhaps there is some sort of sense of urgency growing to make some sort of move just because of the fact that, you know, this year has proven LeBron is not invincible. Um, He's missed more games consecutively this year, or actually more games total in a, a single season than he's ever missed in his entire career. Um, Yeah, maybe a flukish injury, but hey, these kinds of flukish injuries are just going to start to happen a little bit more often as he gets older. So it's kind of like putting a little bit of the writing on the wall of like, hey, what are we going to do, right? Like, we need to continue to develop our guys, but at some level, we need to decide who works regardless of whether LeBron is here, and we need to be a little bit aggressive about trying to make some moves. So coincidentally earlier this week anthony davis as you mentioned has made the made the trade demand through his agent rich paul or i guess he technically he he requested a trade privately to the pelicans last week and it became public as of monday i don't know that that's going to anything with that is going to happen i'm sure we're going to get to that most of this episode but it it definitely is a unique lebron thing and we talked about this before the season this is just a function of having LeBron on your team. Our young guys are going to have to deal with this noise the entire time they're on this team. We could literally acquire Anthony Davis and whatever remaining assets we have, it's just going to be onto the next one. You know what I mean? We acquire Anthony Davis and then all these guys are still going to be constantly looking over their shoulders the rest of their careers. Right. I'm like, okay, now am I going to move for Bradley Beal? Am I going to move for Jimmy Butler? You know, whoever. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of summarizes where everything stands, but go ahead. Like what you had just mentioned, uh, the, the guys are going to have to get used to this. That's true. But I think you and I and a whole lot of other people, including all of Lakers Nation, thought that the young guys would have at least this entire full year to trial that out or, or at the very least have a full season of not having to do that, right? And here we were, literally just a day ago, thinking about what ancillary supplementary moves the Lakers would be making this trade deadline. Bro. 
I was just at the Clippers game last night against the Atlanta Hawks, scouting Jeremy Lin and Dwayne Dedman and even Vince Carter. I'm like, ooh, these guys will look good on the Lakers. And then shortly after that, everybody on the team feels like they're playing on borrowed time all of a sudden. You know, they knew that time was going to come. But here's the problem, right? And I I don't want to get to this point just yet, but I'll kind of tease it now. Here's the problem with this big news. On the outset, it sounds very lit. We're like lit AF, right? You know, Anthony Davis is doing it again in terms of what Kawhi Leonard did, what Paul George did. They're requesting a trade to the Lakers. But then we take a step back and we realize, okay, this plan, this action has not actually worked the last two times. There are differences, of course, with Rich Paul, Anthony Davis being part of Clutch now, all that. That's a huge difference. But... Let's say that the trade doesn't happen, this trade deadline, which is very likely still. What does that do to the rest of the team to end this season? I feel like it's almost a wash at this point with regards to... It's up to LeBron James to kind of carry the team physically, mentally, etc. at this point. Because you don't know the mental states of any of these guys now. And I'm not even just talking about the young guys. But look, I... I I guess my one counter to that is it's not always a bad thing to remind, especially like veterans don't need to be reminded about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But to kind of like remind young players, like don't take this for granted type of thing. um, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like let's say for example, as next Thursday approaches the big deadline or the big name that is, is, keeps popping up in these uh, talks is Brandon Ingram. Let's just say hypothetically, Brandon Ingram, who is healthy right now, are pretty much our only healthy young guy uh, of our young core. I feel like that is going to motivate this guy to be like, okay, you want to trade me for Anthony Davis? I'm going to go out here and show you why you shouldn't do that. Perhaps I should be the guy who's prioritized to keep over Kuzma, over Lonzo as these trade talks develop. You know, so it, it, in a way it kind of, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I do not disagree that it will cause some degree of distraction, especially in young players. But I also think perhaps there's, you know, this could be beneficial in, in some ways. Yeah. On the one hand, you could go one of two ways, right? You can, you can do the Lamar Odom way where after he learned that he got traded and then the trade got rescinded, he could never face the Lakers again, right? Or he could never pull himself up from his bootstraps to play basketball again for the purple and gold. Or he could go the other way and be like, I give zero Fs about anything. You know, I'm just gonna... I mean, there's there's, there's not a bad thing of playing for yourself at that point because it may actually... I won't say this is the case for every young player. We may see both cases, right? But there may be some players who are like, okay, well, if this season is a loss anyways and I'm gonna be a New Orleans Pelican come this June, well, I'm just going to play my ass off for nobody but myself. And that may actually be good for LeBron James. I don't know. It it may kind of eliminate the yips that a wide-open Kyle Kuzma has been getting the entire season or a wide-open Josh Hart where they're thinking about, I need to make this shot because LeBron James passed me the ball. Now they're just like, I need to make this shot because, damn it, I'm not going to be here anymore. So Well, and it's just like, it's maybe it helps them in a way, and again, this is a part of function. We're talking about this as if these guys have never experienced this, right? I mean, we currently have, I mean, Brandon Ingram was heavily rumored to be linked to uh, when we were talk- discussing Paul George, even more heavily linked when we were discussing Kawhi Leonard. 
Uh, Lonzo Ball's name came uh, came up during the Kawhi Leonard talks. Kuzma is always just because he's been he's he's so cheap and he's been our most productive uh, young core player. His name has come up. It's not like this has never happened to these guys. I guess it just feels so much more tangible now because yes clutch is lebron james and it, it just feels like if clutch is behind this it's like oh there has to be that lingering feeling of oh like my own teammate is kind of thinking about like what he can get for me you know what i mean and and that aspect of it is a little weird but i don't know i think it also could be like hey you know what now i'm just playing for myself and maybe that could reduce some of the uh, anxiety that we've seen our young guys play with at times. I don't know. I think regardless, it's hard to predict, but I think as, as we've said, there's, there's like good, there's positive and negative ways to spin it. So you just hope they go with a loosey goosey approach. Uh, okay. With that said, we've gone long enough, not actually talking about the Anthony Davis trade request and what that might mean for the Lakers. So my question to you now is, as I mentioned before the last day and a half or so, we were scheming about, what smaller moves the Lakers straight scheme could straight scheming. Uh, but now Anthony Davis on our mind, 25, eight. <laughs> so um, I guess my, my main question right now is why did they come out right now and request this trade all of a sudden? Why didn't they just wait till the summer? Obviously I'm going to point to the Boston Celtics and the fact that the Celtics are in a holding pattern right now, waiting for Kyrie Irving's free agency hoping to re-sign him uh, because of that Rose exception rule that doesn't allow them to trade for another super max type player. Um, They have Kyrie Irving right now, and the only way that they can get Anthony Davis would be to trade Kyrie Irving for him, which they're not going to do. They're going to wait for Kyrie Irving's decision this summer, whether he re-ups with them, and then they can trade for Anthony Davis or whatever. Um, Right. So with that said, does that play into why clutch and anthony davis made this request right now in your opinion are the lakers the big reason why they made this decision it's a super interesting question and i don't think it's really being talked enough i think the timing is incredibly peculiar um the pelicans haven't i mean i guess the i don't know if the lakers per se were ever the goal or like maybe the goal quote unquote but not the maybe not the expectation, at least for 2018-2019 season. I think Anthony Davis legitimately would have played out his year in New Orleans if things went like they did last year. Uh, they were a playoff team. Um, you know, they were looking pretty pretty formidable. And, you know, I think when Anthony Davis was healthy, they weren't a playoff team. When he went down, they're just like, I mean – they're like a bottom feeder. I know they beat Houston tonight, but they're uh, uh, they're largely a bottom feeder. I think that more than anything had something to do with it. I think LeBron has has gone on the record and said this many times. He always and he said this about our players actually. He always tells players, uh, young players, that the off the court opportunities that basketball presents you are amazing but you'll only be able to fully reap the benefit of those opportunities if you're the best. And to be the best, you have to win meaningful games. You have to be a winner in the playoffs consistently. And that's how, you know, you'll be known, you'll be endorsed, you'll be, you know, everything will just come at that point. Shaq has said stuff like this before too. Mm -hmm. And it's very true. 
And I think Anthony Davis got a taste of that, you know, firsthand. He is having a freaking absurd year statistically. I mean, if you look at this guy's stats, I've never, I do not recall the last time I've seen some stuff like this. Like, you have to think back to, like, prime Kevin Garnett to remember, like, the last time a big man has put up, like, this this uh, variety of stats at such a high volume. Um, he was not named an all-star starter despite that. And I know, okay, he's not a playoff team. LeBron James was not a playoff team. You know, um, Sick burn, bro. Yeah, I know. But it's like, you know, it's, I think that kind of stuff starts to affect players. Anthony Davis should be an all-star. And I'm not saying, oh, he's so self-interested. He only cares about personal accolades. I'm just saying that like that kind of stuff makes a difference for the rest of his career. Ultimately, over the span of his NBA playing career, if everything goes the way that, you know, he thinks it should and it does for the most elite players, basketball is just like, pretty not a small portion but not the most significant portion of his earning potential um so i think you know the fact that if he does get traded before the deadline that gives him the chance to have two if he gets moves to his contender which if things go the way that they're trying to make it go that's what will happen that gives him two potential playoff runs in the next two years as opposed to just sitting around twiddling his thumbs and wasting this year Mm-hmm. I think that is, to be honest, or in my opinion, the the most uh, the biggest reason why it came up now. I think the Boston stuff and you know all that. I think that's you know tangential. I don't know that Clutch was really plotting it to that extent. You know, because um, by that logic, they could have just he could have just asked for a trade before the season, you know, much earlier in the season. It it just seems like right now with the timing of like how the Pelicans have looked since he went down, where they're standing, where they look in the standings, a uh, combination of all of these factors. I think part of him must have been like, okay, well, if I get traded now to a team I approve, that could be two chances for me to show what I can do in the playoffs as opposed to just literally wasting this year for nothing. So I, I kind of buy that argument, actually, in terms of, from Anthony Davis's perspective, if he gets traded to the Lakers, then woohoo, you know, he got his one desire. If he gets traded to a contender, then it also, he can kind of have his cake and eat it too, in terms of, well, let me just spend the next two seasons on this semi-playoff team, or, or a team that's going to be more of a playoff team than the one I'm currently on, and I can make my assessment in a year and a half when I'm actually a free agent, whether I want to stay with this team or with the Lakers. So from, from that end, it makes sense, right? Like you said, he can at least have two seasons of fighting for the playoffs. And on, on the other hand, too, is maybe he sees himself as a good guy by letting the Pelicans know right now, right before the trade deadline, so that they can get their rebuild started sooner. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's that sense, because too. The lo- because it's like, it's not, it doesn't take a genius, right? Like, Common knowledge, you know, if you just casually follow the NBA, you know that over time, as guys get closer to the end of their contracts, they lose value. Theoretically, if he's going to demand a trade at any point this season, this is, you know, as opposed to waiting until after the deadline or waiting until the summer, this is the best time for the Pelicans to get theoretically the most value for him. Having said that, I do think that the clutch... Lakers Boston connection is very strong. The AD LeBron connection is very strong. I don't think it's any coincidence that the Lakers do have an open window all to themselves right now. If if the Lakers request hadn't been present, or let's just take the Lakers 
requests out of the equation, then I'd kind of be more on board with, yeah, you know, he just wants to be on a winning team and yeah, test that out. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this, you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Somebody came into me in, at the office today and talked to me about how the late Sources have said that there's like a preference for the Lakers. There was an ESPN article written by Woj, which I'm pretty sure everybody read, which I'm pretty sure is what you're thinking of. And it did not say that the Lakers were the favorites. It said that league executives believe that eventually the Lakers would be named as the preferred destination. Right. So I guess it hasn't happened. Yeah. Okay. So it, it hasn't happened yet, but let's say it does happen. At that point, it feels more, more like something that, Rich, Paul, Clutch have taken account of with regards to a leverage play, understanding the Lakers situation and that their biggest competition would be the Boston Celtics. And right now the Celtics really have their hands tied. And with that said, they're giving the Lakers an open opportunity, an open door to put forth their best package. And so I do think that's strongly... That's a strong motivation for doing it now because the the timing to me is just too... It can't just be coincidence. You know, the fact that Boston can't do anything right now and the Lakers have free reign if they want to to put their best package forward when in similar situations in the past they haven't necessarily done so. But now, all of a sudden, we're hearing... They're very aggressive to get this done. And I don't think it's a coincidence either that even before this came out, we heard rumors that the Lakers are prioritizing Anthony Davis even over Kevin Durant. And when you hear something like that, people know something. You know what I mean? I I would almost argue the opposite, actually, though. You know, it's like because I'm I'm saying I'm sitting here thinking the fact that Boston can't make a deal right now is actually worse for us. Because we know what we are going to offer, right? And the problem is, you know, we're not, the problem is because not all the options are available to the Pelicans, you know, it gives them much more incentive to just wait. You know, I think that if Clutch was going to do this, because Clutch is LeBron James, I mean, like, recall, this is not CAA or, you know, you know, Endeavor or whatever, like any of these other big agencies that represent guys that have been around for decades. This is a company that was literally founded solely because of the fact that LeBron James exists, mm-hmm. you know? And so that company, 
the fact that, you know, Anthony Davis is rep by clutch and LeBron plays for the Lakers, it's a huge conflict of interest that just happens to work in our favor in this case. But I, I, I just think that I don't, the fact that that's why I'm saying, I don't buy this argument that, Oh, well, you know, they uh, they're, they're saying it now because they know Boston can't make a trade because from my perspective, I'm like, it would be better if Boston could make a trade and Anthony Davis just went on the record and said, Oh, actually, I don't know. No, I don't want to go to Boston. I can't guarantee um, that I would resign there. And then that would be done. It would be out of contention. But the fact that it's like a question now, it kind of makes it like, it's almost worse for us. So why would Rich Paul do that then? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they want to go to the Lakers, why would they do that? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know <laughs> that the goal is to necessarily go to the Lakers. I was, you know, talking about this with somebody else earlier today, and and they were, and that's what they were talking about. They were like, "Oh, well, if Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers, he's turn. This guy is like not going to sign the supermax extension, so he's going to go where he wants to go." Um, and if he wants to go to the Lakers, you know, the Lakers have the leverage. I'm like, I just don't know, necessarily know that Anthony Davis needs to go to the Lakers. I think if, you know, Kyrie was going to stay in Boston, perhaps he would go to Boston. I, I guess, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just feel like, I don't know how Rich Paul is planning to play this, but it's weird that he knows the rules. He went on the record and said that he's Anthony Davis is requesting a trade He's like, apparently has told people that he will tell teams like, you know, whether Anthony Davis will resign there or not. And like, is the goal just to be sneaky and pretend like you're entertaining every option, but you're really going to say no to everybody except the Lakers? I just don't understand how he's playing this. And I feel like a lot of things in this situation don't add up. And it's so murky, you know, which is another reason why, as you mentioned, I don't think it anything's going to happen in the next two weeks or week and a half. But yeah, I, I don't think anything's going to happen as well, just because like objectively speaking, like you mentioned, the Pelicans really don't have all of their options on the table. And we're not even just talking about the Boston Celtics. It's like, we're talking about whichever lotto team gets the number one pick, right? Because then that team can come into the the fray here and offer up a package f- to to New Orleans. And regardless of what Anthony Davis says, if that team is willing to take on that rental, New Orleans is going to do that deal, you know, for Zion Williams. So Williamson. I think Williamson, sorry. I was, I was like, did I miss a son there? Um, <laughs> so the, the lottery hasn't even happened. And right now, yeah, it is literally just the Lakers and whatever dark horse team, the Raptors or whatever. But you can't, the Raptors have their own issues with regards to, they need to know what they're dealing with, with Kawhi Leonard this summer, first off, you know, before they do another deal for a potential rental with Anthony Davis, even though you'd you'd presume that that team would make it to the finals immediately, even this year. Also, I've heard though that Anthony Davis's injury is a little more serious than the Pelicans have made it sound and that Anthony Davis and Rich Paul have been a little irked in the way that the Pelicans have presented his injury as just this ho-hum like finger injury. So if we're going to believe that, then I guess to your point, maybe they aren't trying to force their way to the Lakers right now or, or anything like that. I just think Anthony Davis hired clutch because he knew that Rich Paul would do anything to serve his interests. And I think this is a really good example of that, you know, and that's why I say, I don't know that he necessarily 
needs to go to the Lakers. I think he just wants out of New Orleans. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if he went to the Lakers, I'm sure that would be one of the teams where they would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. That's, you know, I would definitely resign there. But I just think that if another team emerged, I guess it's just weird to me because the obvious team for him to be like, oh, yeah, I would go there with or without freaking Kyrie is Boston because if Boston can send just like Tatum and like contract fillers and a couple of picks out, that would beat pretty much any other offer any other team in the NBA could make. Um, and not, I don't want to overrate Tatum too much. I just don't think that, you know, many other teams could match that even like maybe the Lakers could, but I think give it, if it's close, they'll send them out of conference. So anyway, I, the big question though, is if Danny Ainge actually does that, obviously. So yeah, right, right. I guess my, my, my question now is why then have the Lakers made such a spectacle about this? If there isn't something in the works behind the scenes they have to know how detrimental this would be to their to their short-term outlook this season to i think it's been reported from several sites pretty much and several sources that the lakers are planning to make a very very aggressive push why have they made it so public that they're going all in now and all we're hearing is the lakers are preparing their best offer right now etc cetera, etc cetera, knowing that if they come out of this trade deadline and everybody's still on the roster and no and Anthony Davis isn't on on the team that you could potentially have a very devastated group of young guys. And and like we, like we've mentioned earlier, maybe it'll turn out for the best, but I just don't get why any of this has bubbled to the surface the way that it has. If it, if it wasn't to apply some pressure, well, apply some pressure to the Lakers to, to get a deal done and apply some pressure to the New Orleans Pelicans. So I feel like the angle of applying pressure, and this is something that LA uh, media has been talking a lot about. I know what you're, what you're getting at, but I've actually listened to a lot of other NBA media who have pretty much bashed the Lakers in their young core. And the tone of it sounds different this time around with regards to some of them think like 55, 60% that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to get rid of Anthony Davis. I think we're looking at this too much solely from... I don't know. I, I'm I'm seemingly contradicting myself here, but it seems like I've I've heard op- differing opinions with regards to why it would benefit the New Orleans Pelicans to trade Anthony Davis now. I guess my point though is uh, my point though is the the pressure on the Lakers comment. Like, oh, Clutch is doing this now to exert some pressure on the Lakers. And I guess from my perspective, Clutch is LeBron James. You know, and if LeBron James has a problem with the front office, he can go talk to Magic. He, according to if you believe ESPN, LeBron signed all these guys that we have. You know, he signed Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, I think pressure on the Lakers was a wrong, the wrong term. Let's let's flip it to pressure on the Pelicans. So, is there any pressure on the Pelicans to get a deal done now, knowing that come the draft day? or summer, let's say the the Celtics pick, which they own Sacramento's pick this year, um, doesn't end up jumping to the top. Let's say the New York Knicks don't get the number one pick and it's Cleveland or whatever bad team, the Orlando Magic. Is there a scenario where if the Lakers, let's say, go all in this trade deadline, the New Orleans Pelicans are like, can we really do better than this come this summer? Especially if things go way wrong even even in the best case scenario and the Celtics have a pretty good pick and they can send forth three lotto picks or whatever 
if they don't include Jason Tatum, is that better than the Lakers offer? Some people will say, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Whatever. But it's in the eye of the beholder with regards to the New Orleans Pelicans. There's that angle of maybe they're just so spiteful and they have so much hubris that they're not going to want to deal with the Lakers in general. But in terms of roster construction and starting that rebuild now, is there any case to be made, made that they are feeling some pressure and they actually have to legitimately and realistically weigh if the Lakers do give them a godfather offer now, whether to just take it and run and start that rebuild immediately? Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's such a complicated question again, and which is why, like, especially given the tone of their statement, I really don't think that they're going to be in a rush to uh, sort out any of this. I'm just, like, so curious to see, and I guess, you know, to so is there pressure? You make very compelling arguments in favor of there. maybe there should be a little bit of pressure, and I don't need to repeat them. I think those are pretty much the arguments. But, you know, for the other side, is there is there pressure? No. I mean, it. why not just wait? You know what I mean? It's like, yes, maybe the the highest end offer is going to be a little bit lower, but like, why not just wait? Um, right now, the Lakers are the only team that can make a serious offer because unless the Knicks are going to trade Porzingis, who's like, God knows what he's going to look like when he comes back from his, you know, horrific knee injury. <laughs> um, like the Knicks can't really, in my opinion, make a serious offer right now. Philadelphia 76ers are not going to put Ben Simmons on the table right now. In my opinion, the Boston Celtics cannot make a trade um, for Anthony Davis. So, you know, why at this point, you know, the only team that can trade for Anthony Davis that would uh, that Anthony Davis would accept a trade to. And so that's the only team that would be willing to give up enough assets to get him in the entire league at this moment is the Lakers in a way they're not really bidding against anyone, you know? So if you're the Pelicans, it's like, okay, maybe we don't get as good of an offer as what the Lakers are offering right now, but maybe it'll be 10% less. And for us, that 10% lower, you know, offer is still worth the potential that we could get even something even better if, if uh, Anthony Davis like says that, okay, now I'm open to Boston. Okay, now I'm open to New York. And then it starts like a bidding war. Sure. And I mean, at the end of the day, I actually do agree with you. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and also put into context some of the differing arguments that I've heard that actually make a little bit of sense to me. But the more that I actually talk about it and articulate it, put it out there, I'm like, oh man, this contradicts everything that seems logical. And you know, the, the New Orleans Pelicans are not a logical franchise. They haven't been able to build a contender around around Anthony Davis the last seven years. So who knows what can happen? I think they also have to weigh just the fact that what what will happen with Anthony Davis on this roster the rest of the year and all the noise that creates. Like, will fans start booing him if he gets back onto the court? It's just a whole lot of locker potential locker room turmoil, right? Just keeping this guy on the roster. And and maybe maybe I'm exaggerating it, but I just feel like on both sides it could potentially be a, a rocky end to their, their season and they have to think about season holders next year and, and trying to garner excitement for next season. So there, there are other things at play, but at the end of the day, I do agree with you that it just doesn't make sense for the New Orleans Pelicans right now to pull the trigger, even if the Lakers' best offer now will be the same best offer that they give in the summer. I guess my next question to you is, 
if a trade does happen, hypothetically, somehow it happens and New Orleans is like, all right, you know what? Let's just start this right now. Uh, I like Brandon Ingram or whatever. Are you now in the position, are you okay with trading anyone and everyone at this point for Anthony Davis? And if you are, why? Because at the beginning of this season, and let me just say this, Paul George really ruined the Lakers' plans. In In an ideal world, the Lakers would have their cake and eat it too in terms of the perfect melding of superstars via cap space and the continued growth and development of their young core draft picks along those superstars. And maybe later you trade some of those other young core guys for a third superstar. But in essence, there was a world and a reality where both could coexist, right? Right. And had PG signed this past summer, that angle would still very much be a reality. And in a sense, the Lakers would look way less desperate. You know, they would have all of the leverage. They wouldn't have to to be like, oh, we're going to trade our young guys. No, we have Paul George, Defensive Player of the Year. But with Paul George gone and out of the equation, with Kawhi Leonard gone, it it seems like the Lakers can't let another superstar opportunity slide once again. And um, it seems like we're in that scenario where even if it's just a few months away from free agency with how aggressive it seems like they're being it feels like their mindset is a brow in the hand is worth two in the bush you know what i'm saying um (laughs) so if you are okay with trading anyone and everyone at this point why have you come to that position now when we're four months away from having our scenario of kevin durant's coming uh clay thompson's coming maybe kevin kemba walker so what i'll say to that is anthony davis and i don't know that it's like we've maybe it's different for you, but for me, it's, I don't know that I've like come to this realization. It's just with Anthony Davis, you trade everyone at any time. You know what I mean? Like this is the most, he's 25 years old. He's incredibly dominant on both ends of the floor. He's a big man. He like can now shoot threes. He, I mean, this guy does everything, you know, he's like the, franchise player that you know could be the next guy every team needs like that guy if for example right now if you don't have and maybe this is too extreme for some people if you don't have Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or LeBron James on your team you're not winning the finals this year (laughs) you know what I mean and it's just like you have those years in the NBA where it's like I don't care what team you're on if you don't have LeBron, you're not going to the finals this year. If you don't have Steph Curry, you're not going to the finals this year. Anthony Davis is that caliber of player. And so because of the fact that we have LeBron, and it, I'm, this is nothing to do with doing LeBron a good service or, you know, like building a contender around him or, you know, whatever. I'm not even talking about like the next four years. Anthony Davis is just a player you get at any time. And especially when you can trade your entire team and still have LeBron. Um. So to me, this is not like Paul George where it's like, okay, you know what? We, maybe we could make an offer for him. We probably should. But if we end up losing him, not the end of the universe. It's like same thing with Kawhi Leonard. It's like, okay, not the end of the universe. We would love to have him. But if it doesn't work out, not the end of the universe. With Anthony Davis, there's like no excuses. I'm not saying they're going to or should offer the entire farm for him. Um, but if they did, I would not be opposed because it's Anthony Davis. Well, also keeping in mind that even after LeBron is gone, you can actually literally build around Anthony Davis even after the dust has settled. You can't yeah, he's say that be like twenty nine or something. Yeah, so it's he's like going to be in his prime, and he's still be in his prime. Yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, is there anybody 
are, are, are you trying to emotionally detach yourself from from all of our young players now? I mean, it's a sad time. It's an easy time. You I don't had consequences. <laughs> it. I. I don't know how to feel. Honestly, I. I'm. I feel myself slowly emotionally detaching myself from some of the guys. If there was any one or two guys that you could keep, who would you say that is? Even though, like you just mentioned, you're ready to give up anyone. Everyone the, the and two anyone. guys I would really, really, and I, this is probably going to be obvious to anyone who pays attention to whatever things I say. But This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. The two guys I would really, really love to keep would be obviously Kuzma and Lonzo. Those are probably our two best assets, though. Um, well, it could be contextual in the case of Lonzo versus Ingram, but I think that if we could hang on to at least one of those two, it would be amazing. Um, if we could hang on to both, it would just be like you make that trade every single day of the week, you know, 20 times in a row. So, uh, uh, those would be the two guys that I would want to hold on to. Yeah, and if you've been listening to me on this podcast or on Twitter, I would obviously love to hang on to Cal Kuzma. And at this point, it's just a personal preference. I know all of his warts, and he doesn't try on defense consistently enough. His shot is wonky. He hasn't been able to hit wide-open threes, etc. I just like how the guy is made. I just like his makeup. And it's not about the mama mentality and all that stuff. I just know the guy works hard and I like his journey up until this point to the NBA, just never having been the guy and finding himself in that position and just seeing this guy learn how to come to grips with all of a sudden becoming the man. And it's been very compelling for me. And outside of that, it's crazy that, and I still, obviously, this is not a knock on Brandon Ingram. I still love Brandon Ingram. He was our he was definitely our surefire number two pick, and you can listen to old, old episodes where we were even saying Brandon Ingram over Ben Simmons. But I've actually come around to saying that, yeah, Lonzo Ball is a more important prospect than uh, Brandon Ingram at this point. And if you're taking into account just fit with LeBron James, I think guys like Lonzo and Kuzma who don't need the ball necessarily to be effective are the types of guys that you'd want around high and I don't I don't even know if Anthony Davis is a high usage player but when you have such a behemoth down there in the post and really from anywhere in the court you'd imagine he's going to have the ball a lot of the time even though he's going to be getting like lobs and all these amazing passes from LeBron on the pick and roll and stuff so with that said you need guys on the outskirts to remain effective and thus far not to say he'll always be this way Brandon Ingram has needed the ball to be effective and so, yeah, in my eyes, if we are able to keep either Lonzo or Kuzma, it's already a home run to have Anthony Davis regardless, right? <laughs> but if you can get Anthony Davis and somehow keep one of those guys, which I don't think is going to be the case and I don't think is realistic, but if it's possible, then um, I can't even mention the things I'm going to do. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll just stop right there. Just kidding. Uh, but that no, I mean... That would be amazing, and obviously 
more than a home run at this point. I could get Anthony Davis and keep LeBron. Well, obviously, you have LeBron. You have LeBron, you get Anthony Davis. And if you could keep Lonzo after all of that, I love Kuzma too. Between the two, I think I would choose Lonzo just because he is like the perfect, I mean, he is like an MVP caliber all-star supporter. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, Wait, I like how you started off with MVP caliber all-star supporter. Yeah, no, but he is. No, but I mean, like, his level of supporting all-stars could make him an MVP. Like, that's how, that's how good he is, like, in terms of this guy. I mean, before he went down, we were finally starting to see what I hoped we would see more this year. And I guess, you know, it just takes time with a 21-year-old. But Lonzo Ball just, like, completely taking over the reins and all control of the entire Lakers offense and making his presence felt on both ends, like, consistently every single night. And he does not need to score to do that. And I think that's a huge thing. And I know Kuzma does plenty of other things. Significantly, he's improved on the defensive end this year. And uh, he's shown a lot more of the playmaking that uh, we knew he had. But... Lonzo is just, he's so, he has so much like greater potential with like a superstar team, I feel like, than Kuzma. I feel like he needs to go somewhere and just be his own superstar. You know, like he doesn't, I don't know that he's going to really reach his full potential playing next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James if it comes down to that. Yeah, so my argument for Kuzma, and I, I agree with everything you said about Lonzo Ball, especially on the defensive end, obviously, and just you see the type of energy that Lonzo is able to create on his own, even without LeBron James, and also how good he makes Kuzma look at times. But with Kuzma, I feel like you need that safety valve sort of player who, and he hasn't done it this year with regards to hitting open threes, but we've seen very many instances where when he is in the right place mentally and he's locked in he can be that sort of surefire shooter and not only with regards to shooting from the perimeter but just cut being that ultimate cutter being able to hit a wide myriad of shots from anywhere on the court without taking any dribbles he had that 41 point clay thompson type game and on a team with lebron james and anthony davis i just feel like you need that extra safety valve sort of guy where they kick it out to a wide open Kyle Kuzma right now even though Lonzo Ball is shooting a better percentage from three I would still trust Kyle Kuzma with that shot more you know so that that would be my argument for Kyle Kuzma because right now he is the more lethal off ball offensive scorer of the two yes Lonzo Ball can do other things especially with regards to getting the ball moving because maybe he'll get that third pass to whoever the yeah he'll get that third pass to whoever the fourth guy is on the court with those three right but I also think there's um, value to be had with such an, a lethal offensive player like Kuzma who doesn't need to dribble the ball. Um, with that said, I think one thing I wanted to add with regards to let's say we gut the entire team for Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans take that deal. One thing that I do like about where the Lakers are at, and even though it would be a huge shift, they really can build a team around Anthony Davis. This is the most obvious thing. They, they really can build a team around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, but it, it wouldn't just How be will with... How they do it? How will they do it? It really wouldn't just be in, in the typical ways you'd expect where, you know, with the Miami Heat, okay, well, everybody else is just going to be have to be veteran minimum exception type guys. Um, the Lakers actually potentially would still have 
around 27 million to 30 million in caps in cap space this summer, even if they traded the farm for Anthony Davis. That's in the best case scenario, of course, especially if the Lakers only take back expirings. You'd imagine that New Orleans Pelicans would want to dump a bad multi-year contract on the Lakers. But let's just say that the Lakers trade away B.I., Kuz, Zoe, Zubats, their 2019 first rounder, other future firsts. That would leave the Lakers with, in 2019-20, LeBron James is $37 million, Anthony Davis is $27 million. Svima Kailu is $1.4 million, which is a non-guaranteed contract, so they could waive him. But at that point, just keep that money because it's, what, 600 k away from the dead cap hold space. Mo Wagner's $2 million, Bonga's $1.4 million, Josh Hart's $1.8 million, and Luau Dang's stretched dead cap space of $5 million. So add that all together and you have $76 million committed. Add the cap holds of $5 million and you have $81 to $82 million committed amongst LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers' uh, young core part three or whatever. The the worst of all the young cores combined in Mo, Bong, V, and The Hart. worst core. <laughs> um, so that's $81 million committed and the projected cap space of 2019-20 season will be $109 million. So the Lakers would have around $27 million left. And it's not enough to get you that lower end max free agent of who would presumably be making 32 million, but it's pretty close, right? And let's say you're not able to get a Kemba Walker who would make 32 million. At that point, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on your team. I would not mind it at all if they divvied up that 27 million to get two super role players at $15 million a piece, right? Or, and then after that, use your exceptions and actually build a legitimate team that perfectly complements Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Or worst case scenario, you use that $27 million on a punt max free agent and have a pseudo third max guy. Um, I don't necessarily know if it'll be DeMarcus Cousins because Anthony Davis already did that, that rodeo with him last year. But let's say you could bring in a DeAndre Jordan or Tobias Harris. Exactly. So you could essentially get another punt guy. I would love it if the Lakers would stop punting, but their are options even after gutting their team and getting Anthony Davis are pretty wide open, more so than I think you'd anticipate or think. So I guess just your thoughts on that and just being in a, I guess, an, an interesting situation to still have cap space even after making a move like this. Well, yeah, it is It is really crazy. And I think it, like through all these talks and all the rumors that are going to come up in the next week and a half, it's going to be really easy to forget that, hey, if we actually turned a majority of our young players, let alone all of them, for a second, like, true superstar, I'm not talking about, like, a guy who's pretty good, but, like, a true NBA superstar, we have positioned ourselves so well over the last, you know, two years or however long the new since the new front office took over that, you know, we'll still have a couple of, you know, future picks. We'll still have... Um, a couple of our young guys who made it through because we have like seven young guys. And frankly, this year we've played all of them except Bonga. You know, we have eight young guys on our roster this year. All of them except Bonga have played consistently or somewhat consistently. I mean, I guess Mo has not played as consistently, but he's gotten more minutes lately. And so, you know, guys that can theoretically help. Yeah. They're not like game changing 22 uh, year olds, but they're like solid NBA players. And, um, like you said, you have the cap space to get a couple of, uh, 
you know, not a, not unfortunately not a full max player, but you can get somebody like a Tobias Harris. You can get like a DeMarcus cousins. Although I don't know how that experiment would work out here. You, uh, you could get, you know, uh, just these guys were close to the max. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely not a bad position to be in. So it should make the Lakers feel a little empowered that, okay, even if they did have to gut the team, it's, you know, you still have some remnants left over and you still have the flexibility to get more veteran guys and start winning immediately. Yes, and and like I mentioned before, in an ideal world, you sign your second max guy and then you can trade for Anthony Davis because that that's actually a possibility, right? If you had signed Kevin Durant, then the Lakers would be able to flip their assets for Anthony Davis because he'd only be making $27 million next year, right? So that's right at that threshold pretty much but i think with what's happened to the lakers recently and with how how many times how many years they've been punting right it has to come to an end at some point and if the opportunity presents itself to get anthony davis you take it right unfortunately we're not sure if that opportunity is actually present because the new orleans pelicans hold the cards and we'll see how this whole thing plays out to end this show i want to ask you though with the trade deadline looming in yeah 8 days less than 2 weeks at this point what now for the front office? Uh, how do the Lakers go about this trade deadline with this huge distraction? I wouldn't call it a distraction, but if they don't get Anthony Davis, what are they going to do? They have a plan B, plan C to pivot and actually get this team some help that it needs, or are we just banking on LeBron James is coming back, hopefully against the Clippers, and uh, hopefully everybody gets healthy, and we're just going to ride with the team that we have been riding with um, this entire season? So my perspective is. I think this is how the Lakers are going to approach it. I think the Lakers are going to know. And look, regardless of what I'm about to say right now, there are going to be Anthony Davis rumors until 11.59 a.m. You know, on uh, on next Thursday morning of the 7th. Because everybody, like, people need clicks. You know what I mean? It's 2019. There's a lot of writers. A lot of people need something to talk about. There's going to be Anthony Davis rumors until the last possible second. I think the Lakers will know like this week because of the timing of when he announced it. They'll know whether New Orleans is seriously going to trade him or not. Mm -hmm. I think they'll have their offer down on the table. I do not think that they're going to sit around waiting for it because although, you know, it's, it's the end of the day, it's Anthony Davis. Even if their offer gets a little bit worse because, you know, let's say they move, uh, move like a Josh Hart or a Mo or a first round pick or, you know, something like that at the deadline this year to improve immediately. The offers of like other teams will not be, you know, losing one of those types of guys is not going to make or break your offer for Anthony Davis. So I still think they're going to be fairly aggressive. I don't think they're going to trade like Ingram Kuzma or ball, but I think they're like some of these fringe young guys are definitely going to be in play. I think they're going to be, you know, maybe not like mortgaging the future so much, but like trying to fill, you know, glaring holes that we have at the cheapest price possible. And whether that's acquiring just a guy like Wayne Ellington or just a guy like uh, Troy Daniels, like I don't know what caliber of player we're going to get, but I don't think they'll sit around waiting for uh, New Orleans to like, quote unquote, make a decision on Davis. I think they'll know this week, you know, regardless of what New Orleans says, whether they're serious or not. Yeah, so I mean, I agree with you to an extent. 
mainly because I don't think they're going to give up a guy like Josh Hart or Mo Wagner or Zubats. And I don't think they have to because the guys you just mentioned, I don't think they have to give up <laughs> those caliber type assets to get a Wayne Ellington, to get a Troy Daniels. These guys aren't even playing, right? So I do think the Lakers will be able to pivot and make some moves to help improve this team around LeBron James, get an extra shooter, maybe get an extra ball handler or playmaker. Trey Burke is out there. Freaking Jared Bayless, who killed us, is out there. Um, And if they can swing some second-round picks for guys like that, I think they'll do it. I just don't expect a splash because most of their focus will be on the Anthony Davis thing. And if that doesn't happen, then I think they pivot and get one of those ancillary type players or maybe even sign somebody off the waivers. The only trade assets that I think they'll give up are the ones that we've continually been talking about, and that's KCP. And it would have to be for a pretty good player because KCP has been playing well, been playing good defense. And yeah, some second round picks. At this point, I do think they're going to be holding their 2019 first round pick for draft day and Anthony Davis. So yeah, buckle up, I guess. I don't know. I mean, anything could happen at this point. I know we've said it's unlikely and all that, but this is the NBA, man. I don't know. I've I've seen crazier things and maybe third time's a charm with this. I want to go to the Lakers thing. Who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Tommy, any last words? I think it's going to be a very weird next few weeks, but look, I'm not, Ultimately, I do not expect Anthony Davis to get moved in the next two weeks. But what I'm actually most enter- going to be most entertained by is how Clutch responds to this whole situation. Because that organization, and we call them an organization because... Illuminati. Yeah, it feels like the mafia or something. But they are going to come out with a very well thought out uh, like plan of attack over the next seven days. And I don't think they're going to be... Try- they're going to be... Uh, trying to be all friendly and stuff because the Pelicans had no reason to go and pull that like Rich Paul nonsense and getting Anthony Davis fine because of Rich Paul's comments. Like I know technically that you're not supposed to publicly demand a trade, but just because Rich Paul was like, you know, went on himself and said, Hey, Anthony has requested a trade as opposed to Rich Paul going to Woj and saying, Hey, can you tell them that a source says Anthony's requested a trade? Like, it's it's like stupid semantics at this point. And I think if you're going to be like, a, you know, it's all open to interpretation. And if you are going to be a little whiny baby about it, to be, you know, quite honest and be like, go crying to daddy Adam Silver to go take care of, you know, what happened, then I don't think Clutch is going to be trying to be nice to you from now on. So I'm going to be really interested to see how they try to spin this and maybe even exert some more pressure on the Pelicans to move Anthony Davis in the next week and not wait until the end of the year. Maybe he'll say that if you don't trade me to the Lakers, I'm going to sit out the rest of this year and all of next year. I don't know what they would do. <laughs> you know, it's craziness out there. Who knows what the Freemason clutch dudes will do. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, for now... Looking forward to continuing to watch uh, Zubats play. He has been a huge bright spot for the Lakers and probably one of the reasons why they may get a deal done, you know? So uh, what does, you know, in Pokemon, what does, Zubat, what does Zubats evolve into? I have no idea, dude. I think, Zo- oh, Golbat, Golbat. <laughs> I think we've, <laughs> we've seen Zubats evolve into Golbat this season and we've seen Golbat. his next evolution. <laughs> I don't know if that's what he actually sounds like, but 
pretty good guess. And then after that, do you, can you guess who Golbat um, evolves into? No. <laughs> Crowbat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if the Lakers can turn Zubats into Crowbats and Crowbats, obviously, being Anthony Davis. All right. This has gone on long enough. I'm sorry for this episode, everybody. Um we are waiting on pins and needles like just like the rest of you, and uh, hopefully we can survive this trade deadline. Uh, with that said, thank you for listening. Once again, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Um, please rate and review us on iTunes, yada yada, all that jazz. Lance Stevenson, air thrashing guitar. Um, that's it. Tommy, I'll catch you later. Later. Peace. <laughs>